theyeshiva.net. So we begin a new series today. It's known as Kuntras Hechaltsu, Tofresh Nuntes. It's a long mimer by the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe Rashab, Kvayt Kedusha Sadmur Reb Shalom Doiv Bershneresen, was the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe. A few years ago we learned a long mimer of his known as Viadaita, Viadaita Moskva, some of you were there. That was from the year Tofresh Nun Zayn, you remember 1897, about the Tzimtzum. This is a mimer by the same person, from the year Tofresh Nun Tes. Tofresh Nun Tes would be 1898. It was said on Simchas Torah, and then Shabbos Noyach, Tofresh Nun Tes, that's the end of 1898. The Rebbe Rashab was a grandson of the Tzemach Tzedek, who was a grandson of the Balatanya. Rebbe Rashab was a son of the Lemaharasht, Reb Shmuel, who was the youngest son of the Tzemach Tzedek, who was uh, a grandson of the Balatanya. So the Rebbe Rashab was the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe. He was born in Tofresh Chafalaf, that's 1760, 60, because he was born in Cheshvan, and he passed away, Tofresh Pei, 1920, in Rostov, where he's buried. So this is a maimed that's actually based, it's on a posik from this week's parsha, Parshas Matos, Hecholzu. So that's why it's called Hecholzu, the maimed of Hecholzu, because it begins with the posik of Hecholzu in Parshas Matos, even though he said it in a different part of the time of the year. And it's based, the foundation of it is Lekutatayra, Parshas Matos, the maimed of Hecholzu, which we started to learn last Shabbos, actually, from the Balatanyam, but over there it's a short maimer, and this develops it. There's also a maimer from the Mittler Rebbe Echaltzu, based on his father's maimer, that's also very elaborate, and this is based on that maimer of the Balatanyam and of the Mittler Rebbe. If you want to summarize the maimer in three words, in dramatic way, it's basically why we hate. Why do people hate? Good question, Right? Everybody's wondering for thousands of years, why is there hatred? Why do we hate? Whether the hatred comes out in very negative ways or it comes out in, in subtle ways, whether it destroys us, it destroys others. Why, why, why do we hate? What is the secret, the power of hate? And the contrary, what's the power of love and what's the secret of love? It's not just about the negative, it's mainly about the positive. And uh, so obviously it's very appropriate, it's Parshish Matos, and it's very appropriate for this time of the year, as the Maimah will discuss what the Gemara says in Yuma Daftas, that the second base Samikdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam. As an introduction, one of the big questions is, Chazal say that the second base Samikdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam, baseless hatred. What does it mean, Sinas Chinam? What does Sinas Chinam mean? What makes it Chinam? Did any person ever hate anybody? And you say, why? No reason whatsoever. Since I saw you in the morning and I decided it's time to hate you. There's always, uh, there's always a reason, right? Something. Chazal call it sinas chinam. Sinas chinam means baseless hatred. In Yiddish it's called umazist. It's, it's vain hatred. There's no reason for it. There's no, there's no rationale for it. Really? I'm threatened. I'm angry. You hurt me. Uh, I think you hurt me. Uh, that's why I hate you. Uh, you're, you're competing with me. Uh, you're taking away something from me. Uh, I'm jealous of you. I'm angry at you. But these words are important, sinas chinam. That's going to be a major, major theme in the Maimer because he shows how those two words represent that hatred is often rooted in a much, much deeper place. And really, instead of looking out, I have to look in. It's a, it's a long Maimer, it's an intense Maimer. It goes through many different levels. And it's one of the, corn. I would say, one of the jewels in Chabad Chassidus about the sugya 
of sin of hatred versus ava, love and achtos and unity. So that's the Maimer. Over the years, when uh, there were different machloikas, different arguments or fights within Chabad communities, the Lubavitcher Rebbe would often plead with people to learn this Maimer to help. Uh, there was once a fight in a community in Israel, you know, one of these fights. So he wrote a letter to the Rav of the community and he pleaded that everybody should learn, uh, should learn this Maimer Hechaltzum. And uh, when I was a Bacher, he once distributed the Maimer to, for everybody to learn. It was Chav Chesh Vetavshin Memches, the birthday of the Rebbe Rashab, 1987. So I was a young Bacher then, and he gave it to me, and he gave it to others, and he said, Hatzlacha de Kalernen. Hatzlacha de Kalernen. So I hope that that bracha that I received in 1987 should apply to this Shia, to be a Hatzlacha de Kalernen, a successful learning. So let's uh, let's get into it. So he starts off by Yedaber Hashem al Moishaleimer Nekoyim Nikmas Bnei Yisrael Meisam Edyanim Acher Teasef Alamecha by Yedaber Moishachuli Hechaltsu Meitchem Chuli VeYiu Al Midyan Lasses Nikmas Avaya BeMidyan Elaf Lamata Chuli Luchal Matas Yisrael Chuli. This is a quote from Parshas Matas, Pedek Lamed Aleph Psukim Aleph Dalit, as he brings in the footnotes. Basically, what happened was, let's just remember the context, the story. It all goes back to Parshas Bullock, right? The king of Moab hires Bilam from Midian, the prophet of Midian, to curse the Jewish people. Bilam does not successful cursing them, he blesses them. The curses are transformed into blessings. But afterwards, he gives Bullock great advice in order to be able to undermine Klal Yisrael. The famous words of the Gemara in Sanhedrin, as she quotes it, he says, Hashem hates zima, he hates promiscuity, he hates immorality in relationships, he hates when, when people interfere in other people's intimate lives, and the boundaries of sacredness of family life are undermined. So if we can get the Jewish people on a mass scale to engage in zima and promiscuity, in immoral relationships, this will be their downfall. And Bilam is almost successful, right? Balak sends out, they send out all the daughters of Moab and the daughters of Midian, and they entice the Jewish people, and it's a very successful campaign. And uh, not only that, they engage in the idolatry of Baal Pa'ir, and there's a huge magefa, a huge plague, 24,000 people die, and then Pinchas comes to the rescue, he kills Zimri and Cosby are having public relationships. Zimri is a leader of the Jewish people having a relationship with a Midianite princess, Cosby Bastzur, together with Zimri ben Salu. That's the end of Balak. Parsha's Pinchas, the next Parsha, Hashem tells Moshe, The Midianim here had a massive plot to commit a, spirit, a genocide against the Jewish people. And everybody was involved, the men and the women and the girls. And that's the continuation of Parshas Matas, that Hashem tells Moshe, take the revenge of the Jewish people from the Midianim, and only afterwards will you pass away. After this war, will Moshe pass away. And Moshe tells the Jewish people, Hechaltzu means mobilize, draft from you 12,000 soldiers to go to war. And it should be the Nekama, the revenge of Hashem against Midian, a thousand per tribe, so it's 12,000 people who went to war. From every Shevet came 1,000 soldiers. L'chol matas Yisrael, all the Shvatim. V'tzadich 
So the quest, first question is, What's the unique connection between the war against Midian to Moshe Rabbeinu passing away? Not only that, Hashem is toile. He says one thing is dependent on the other. And the Medrash, Medrash Rabbin, Matis, and Rashi brings it, says that this is, it's essential. In other words, one can't happen without the other. It's not stam in time. Do this war and then later you'll pass away. And he's not saying stam. Acher, it'll happen chronologically later. It's dependent on this. This is somehow essential. You cannot leave this world without Mulchemes Midyan. It's not just, you're gonna, it's gonna be the last thing you do. Only after the vengeance, the war against Midian, only then could Moshe leave this world. It, it seems like there's two, there's two points here. The first thing is that this war against Midian had to happen through Moshe. He had to be on the top. He had to be at the helm. The first thing is that Moshe had to be at the helm during this war. And that's why, even though it already came his time to pass away, like we learned already in Parshat Pinchas, Hashem told him, go up to the Mount Avarim and look at Eretz Yisrael, but you're not going to go in, you're going to pass away like your brother. Nonetheless, there was a break. He waited until this war will happen. Aye, there were many wars that Yeshua is going to run. All the future wars in Eretz Yisrael, it's going to be through Yeshua, the whole Sefer Yeshua deals with the campaigns of Yeshua in Eretz Yisrael, all the 24 chapters of Yeshua to conquer and settle Eretz Yisrael. So this could have been one of them. No, this can't be through Yeshua. It has to be through Moshe. He is the one in charge. He is the one who mobilized the people to go to the army, the 12,000 troops. Alpipar, he says in parentheses, Alpipashet Yeshleima. Alpipshat, on a literal level, you could say, and as he says in the footnote, the Ramban explains this, the Ada Knissa, the Ramban in the beginning of Matas, the Ada Knissa Eretz Nasa Hakoila Yidei Moshe. You could say that Amban points this out in Parshish Matas, that basically till they went into Israel, everything was done through Moshe. If, and, till they went into Israel, Everything was done through Moshe. For example, you have the, the war against Sichin and Oig at the end of Parshas Chukas. Yeah. And then later in Parshas Matas, Moshe divides their land between the Bnei God and the Bnei Reuven and a half of Menashe. They, they didn't want to go in. They didn't want to go into uh, Eretz Yisrael on the western side of the Jordan. They wanted to stay on the eastern side. So Moshe is the one who divided the land of Sichin and Oig between them. He did this because during his life, till Eretz Yisrael, he was basically running everything. So you could say this too. It was still Moshe Rabbeinu was, was not yet in Eretz Yisrael. So everything before that happened through Moshe. But you see here, the Pasuk doesn't just say, do it. He says, only afterwards you're going to pass away. Meaning, it's mashma that it's not just, it's still his tenure and it's before Eretz Yisrael he does it. But there's a special connection that this had to happen through Moshe. Another indication is 
One is Adin in Midian and one is Adin in Moshe. That this war was essential for Moshe's own neshama. Through this campaign, the own shayrish, the source, the root of Moshe's neshama kavayachal became complete. And that's why he says, only after this can you pass away. What's the shaykh? It's v'yadua, the stalkus, who tachlis ha'aliyah, uba davke b'shleimus avedose b'elam, it says in Svarim, especially in Sifri Kabbalah, Sifri Chsidis, the time of Istalkos, a person passes away, is considered, on one hand, it's, 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 a, it's a tragedy for the people that are left behind. But you see the Musag of a Yartzeit, why do we commemorate a Yartzeit? What's the Indian? So it says in Tanya, that during the histalkos of a, of a person, that's the tachlis haliyah, that's the ultimate moment of their spiritual ascent. After they finish and complete their avoid in this world, based on how the day Yoyin Hashem's plan for this person's neshama, every neshama has its own unique journey and its own unique shlichus. We're not always aware of the intricacies and the time span and the shlichus of every neshama, but histalkos represents that, uh, you know, to get it, to give a simple example, it's a Zes Sefer told us Adam, right? So the, the Darshanim always say that the, the, the life of a person is like a Sefer, it's like a book. <laughs> so imagine you're reading a book and it's an incredible, incredible Sefer. It's incredible. But it's full of mystery and full of plots and you still don't get the theme clear. And then you reach finally the end, you know. And the whole, you ever read such a book? A thousand pages, three thousand pages, four thousand. When you're a teenager and you get sick, you stay two weeks in bed. And, and you finish it and everything comes together, but you don't want it to end. You don't want it. It's too good. You, you, you know, you look at the last pages like, can we have another few pages? And when you finish it, on one hand, you know, it's sad. The book is over. On the other hand, it's very special. It was like, it was a good book. It was an amazing book. So, not to compare, of course, but just as a little marshal, Zeh Sefer told us Adam, he says, the time of Estalkos, you know, the book is finished. It's very sad, because it was such an amazing book. On the other hand, you're grateful, you're grateful for the read, you're grateful for the journey, you're grateful for the experience. Zeh Sefer told us Adam. And everything comes together. It says in Tanya, in the Geras HaKadosh, that the whole, all the Torah and all the Avod and all the Maisim of a person throughout their whole life, is Meir, it's in its ultimate revelation during the time of the Stalkas and it's Pal Yeshua's Bekar of Aretz. And that's why every year a yard site is very significant. It's extremely significant. So he says, so there's two inyanim here. Number one, it's Mitzad Midyan, and number two, it's Mitzad Moshe. That's what he says. There's two inyanim here. Number one, that the Melcham of Midyan had to happen through Moshe. Only Moshe Rabbeinu could fulfill this type of Melcham, and therefore he could not pass away till then. Number two, it's Al-Namitzad Mitzad, it's Moshe himself. Moshe's own ultimate Shlemus and Aliyah require this final, final element in his life of the Melchamas Midian. The question, of course, is why? Because 
Moshe's life, he was always elevating himself and going deeper and deeper. The Klal, like the Gemara says in Shabbos, is Mailan Bekaidish, Ve'en A person, life is growth. There's always growth in life. So Moshe was going higher and higher and deeper and deeper. Ilui Acher Ilui. But this was the vista to the Tachlis Ha'ilui, to the ultimate ascent of Moshe. Because it's Arich Lahavin. All this needs to be understood. Lama, number one, What's wrong if somebody else would do it? Why does it have to be through Moshe? And number two, And what is the idea that his own Hashama is complete through this? That's the first if the first section. Kitzer, it gives a little abbreviation. And also to his passing, in other words, his istalkas can only happen afterwards. Base. The Rebbe Rashab. I think. Or could be his son, the Rebbe Rayatz. I'm not sure. Base. V'gam tzadach lovin betzim in yana melchama b'midyan. Another nekudah that you have to understand, besides the first nekudah. The first nekudah is the connection to Moshe. There's something else we have to understand. B'negei the etzim war against Midian in Parshish Matas. It doesn't say in other wars, This is a very unique expression. Take the revenge of Bnei Yisrael In other words, you see that the main objective of the war was not to conquer the land. There's two types of wars. You have a war in which they went to Eretz Yisrael. They wanted their land. There's somebody there Right? So they, the Gemara says in Yerushalmi, and the Rambam quotes that Yeshua sent three letters. You know, Yeshua sent, he sent a letter to all the citizens, all the inhabitants of Eretz before they went into the land. And he gave three options. Option number one, whoever wants to leave, Gegezuntahit, number one. Right. Whoever wants to stay and make peace, Yashlim, we can make peace. There's a few conditions. It's called the Ger Teshev, you have to accept the Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Noyach. But if they accept the Shev Mitzvah ben they could be a Ger Toshav and pay taxes, and it's under the jurisdiction of Torah Yisrael, they could stay. If you want to fight, you fight. And even when they fought, they were only allowed to surround a city from three sides to always give an opportunity for anybody at any point to escape. It's very interesting how the Jews fought their wars. <laughs> they wrote a letter. It says in Yerushalmi, the Ramam says, if you want to leave, you could leave. The Girgashi, for example, he left. He went to find himself a new place. Others <coughs> fought. But even when they fought, they had to leave three three sides. What was the Nekudah? The Nekudah was, the objective wasn't the Nekama. The objective was the land, to conquer the land. Therefore, if somebody leaves, they leave. Because they you want to stay, you could stay. By Midian, he says, he doesn't speak about conquering the land. Fakert, the Pasuk says later that they burnt all the, they burnt... It was all burnt. The vart was limkim nikmas meistol, not ladash sasarts. Kilefia nida mehaksuvim. When you read the psukim, la Yoshua said it's midyan. They didn't even inherit it. They didn't even settle it. It's not like we want the land and you're fighting us, so we're going to fight you. That wasn't the vart. The vart was that midyan was engaged. Talk about the Second World War, for example, right? Why did America, Le Marshall, fight Germany? What did America have with Germany? The other allies, they wanted to conquer Germany. They wanted to expand the territory. 
so that we should be able to live in Germany. That wasn't the Vart. The Vart was either Hitler, either Hitler is alive or you're alive. It's not, uh, you can't both be alive on the same planet, right? Either, it's like a cancer, right? If the cancer grows, the person is dead. You want to live, you have to eliminate it. The point was not to conquer their country. The point was, you're dealing with a nation that wants to destroy every single member of your people. So if you want to live, they have to be gone. Whether you take their country or not is irrelevant. It's a different type of objective. Midian, under the leadership of, of, of Bilam, had this genocidal, very uh, brilliant plan of how to destroy the Jewish people. But they didn't even take the land. The Wataka, the tribe of Reuven and the tribe of God and half of Menashe, they inherited the land on the east where Midian is, but they took the land of Sichin and Noik. It's also in Parshish Matos. He just adds a parenthesis. That the Zikne Midian and Zikne Moyev came to Bilam. The Ramban says Midian was part of Sichin. So this means. When they divided Sichin, there was also Midian. So according to this, it seems that the ultimate war against Sichin was completed only after Midian, because Midian was part of Sichin, even though from Sichin directly it doesn't seem so. So the main Kavana was not the settling of the land of Midian, but the Milchama itself against Midian. It's interesting, if you look in the footnote, the Iker Kavana, the main objective in the first page, the Iker Kavana, the second to the last line, he says the main Kavana was fighting the Midianim, not taking the land. He says the Eiramban Matas Lamed Aleph Chav Gimel Bechayev Oid. The Ramban and Matas Rebbeinu Bechayev say this that the Kavana here was Nekayim Nikmas. It was the battle against Midian, not conquering of the land. So he says in the footnote. I'll just mention what this is. We're not going to get into it. The Rambam has a big Chiddush. The Rambam writes in Hilchus Shmita V'yoyvul at the end, the Torah says that Shevet Levi is never allowed to take any biza, any spoil, any booty from any war. The Torah says, it's not their job. Just like they didn't have a part in Eretz Yisrael, right? They didn't own anything in Eretz Yisrael. They didn't own real estate. They didn't own fields. They were given places to live. That, yeah, the 48 cities, they were given the place. And their food came from Trumas and Maestras. That's how they had the revenue and all the matnas kona, 24 matnas kona. But they didn't have a chalik in Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because they're dedicated to represent the Jewish people spiritually and to teach and to serve in the base of Mikdash. Also, in all the wars, no biza, no booty, no spoil in all the wars. So the Rambam says in Hilchish Mitzvah that's only in the lands that Hashem promised Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and there was a bris. In other words, the lands of Eretz Yisrael that Hashem gave to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, He promised them those clans. But if a Melech Yisrael goes out and conquers another land, let's say a land attacks it, not part of the of the lands of Eretz Yisrael that Hashem promised. The Koyanim and the Levim could take out what, could take what they want, could take Biza also. That's what the Lama passes end of Shemitaviyev. So the Raivid says it's not true. Vaharaya, look at Midian. Midian is not part of the lands that Hashem promised of Ramitzak and Yaakov. It's not one of them. It's not one of the seven 
nations of Canaan, or even the other ones, Kani, Knizi, Vikadmoini, or there's Ammon, Moyav, Sichin, Vaoig, it's not those lands. And you see over there that the Leviim didn't take Biza. What happened was, in Parshas Matas, later in the Parsha, what happens is the Jewish people took a lot of booty, and then Hashem said that there should be a certain tax that should be given to Elazar Hakoyen, should be given to the Leviim. Should be it was called Trumas Hamechas. Trumas Hamechas. It was like a truma that they gave to the Jewish people. So the 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 the, 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 the says, you see that they didn't take Biza. They didn't take Biza, so it's Fakait from the Rambam. Fakait Hashem made a special mitzvah that the Jews have to give a certain taxation to Shevet Levi to Allah Zarakoyan. So the Kesef, this is the Ravid's big question on the Rambam. What happened? What happened here? So the Kesef Mishnah answers, he says here, the Leica Kesef, the Kesef Mishnah answers that Hagufa, that you see the pile, that Hashem made sure that the Levim did, did get something from it. <laughs> so from here the Rambam learned that ultimately the Levim did get something from it. But it's very difficult, the Kesef Mishnah, because it's not that the Levim took the Biza. Hashem made a special mitzvah, they should get Truma from the Biza, from the Buri to get Truma. But he says, but like this Yesoid, that the whole Melchama of Midian was not the same Melchama like conquering a land. It was just Nekama. So the Kasha of the Rambam goes away on the, of the Kasha of the Rambam goes away on the Rambam. The Rambam is talking about if a Melech is going to conquer a land, Kibush. So over there, lay the Levim and Kayanim can share with the rest of the Jewish people. But the Melchama of Midian had its own Geder and Allah, its own categories of Melo. What happened over there doesn't refute what the Rambam says about all the other lands. He says, like this, you saw it. The question of the Ravid and the Rambam goes off. Okay, now let's go weiter. So this we have to understand. So here we have to understand. The side of the fight of Midian wasn't conquering the land. It was a fight against them. But there's a very interesting thing. Hashem tells Moshe, take the revenge of the Jewish people, because they tried to destroy the Jewish people. Moshe changes the words. He says, take the revenge of Hashem in Midian. Interesting. Hashem says, Nekayim Nikmas Bnei Yisrael. Moshe says, Nekayim Nikmas Hashem B'Midyan. And the question is, it's a revenge against, it's a revenge from Hashem. I understand it's a revenge of the Jewish people who are trying to be destroyed. They tried to destroy Hashem. But Moshe says, no, this is a Nekayim Fahavaya. So you might say, <laughs> the Jewish people are part of Hashem. So when you say, Nikmas Bnei Yisrael, it's also Nikmas Hashem, because Chelek Hashem, Moshe Rabbein at the end of his life in Hazina will say, Chelek Hashem Amma, Yaakov Chavon Achalos. Uksiv, the Pasuk says also in Hazinu, Yitzrenu Ki'ishen Einai. He guarded him like the apple of his eye. Avomat, and the Gemara says, Kola Negeya Behem, Ki'ilu Negeya Bebavas Einai. If you touch them, it's like you're touching the apple of the eye of the Rebbeinu Shalalim. Yitzrenu Ki'ishen Einai. You know, when you touch the apple of the eye, it's very, very sensitive. So Chazal say, based on the Pasuk in Tzachar, Kola Negeya Behem, if you touch a Jew, it's like you're touching, you're damaging, you're hurting the apple of the Rebbeinu Shalom's eye. You touch a child, you touch a person, you touch a Jew. 
Umemela Nikmas Yisrolu, Nikmas Havaya. So it's not a steer. It's taka the Nikama of the Yisrael against Midian, because they tried to destroy Bnei Yisrael. But that itself is the Nikama of Hashem, because destroying the Jewish people, Kivayachal, is like trying to take down God. You see that all the great anti-Semites throughout history equated destroying the Jewish people with destroying the Rebbeinah Shalom. The Tzorah Yehudim in the last generation, Hitler, Yemach Shemoy, right, said we have to get rid of the Jewish, we have to get rid of uh, the, ah, the conscience, the conscience of the world. We have to get rid of God and His life-denying Ten Commandments. You know, kill the messenger. It says in the Navi Yeshaya, Atam Eida, you're my witnesses, Neum Hashem. So, the Greeks you say, kill the witness, you know, if you're the mafia, they have a minute, you kill the witness and then everything is good, right? So if Hashem has no witnesses, if there's no aiders, so there's no God, Kivayachal, Atam Eida, Neum Hashem. So in Mele, it's, it's not a stir. So that is Nikmas Hashem. He says, Hine be'emes kenu. Avada, that's the truth. Ha'omna mimashe pidit kan losis nikmas Hashem b'midyon, mashma sheyesh loza shaychiz b'frat l'shem avaya. Da'aynu deklipas midyon hu heipach u'managa l'gamri l'shem avaya. U'bameshe pa'alu midyon v'echtiru es Yisrael, shazel pa'ulas v'ispashtus kliposam pogma b'zeh b'shem avaya. This is true. But the fact is that in the other wars, it doesn't say this lush. It's true that whenever somebody hurts a Jew, he's hurting Hashem. So take vengeance for the Jewish people is taking vengeance for the Rebbeinu Shalalem because they're connected. It's the apple, the precious, sensitive part of his eye. But you see that Dafke by Midian is disemphasized. It doesn't even say in other places, in other wars. So this means, and Moshe changes, from the Kaim Nikmas Bnei Yisrael to Nikmas Hashem B'Midyan. This means that there's something about Midian, something about the clipper, about the shell, the negativity of Midian that is truly opposing Shem Havaya, Yud Kei Hashem. Yeah, this is right before Moshe passed away, 40 years later. No, you mean Amen and Mayav. Midian you could. Yeah, this is Midian. It's a different country. Different country. This is where Bilam came from. And Bilam was taka killed in this campaign. In this campaign against Midian, Bilam was killed. So the question is, so that's why he says, Nikmas Hashem Midian, that there's some begam. The sin of Midian, the clip of Midian, somehow blemished, specially, Hashem and Hashem's name, Yudke Vavke. And that's why he says, Losis Nikmas Hashem Midian to fix, to heal this blemish of Hashem, specially. What was it unique about Midian that it opposed Yutke Vavke Hashem to the point that he says it's the Nekama of Hashem? If anything, it should have been the seven nations. In Canaan, there were seven nations. The Knani, the Chiti, the Amori, the Prizi, the Chivi, the Yivusi, and the Girgashi. Which Kabbalah says that they represent the seven negative Midas. We have seven Midas. Chesed, Gvur, Tiferes, Netzach, Hoid, Yisoyed, and Malchus. You have it in positivity, and you have it in negativity. So the seven nations represent the seven Midas, but the way they are antithetical, of Kedusha. So you would think... They would be Poigim and Shemavaya. They would be in opposition to Shemavaya. But it doesn't say it about the seven nations. It says it about Midian. And Midian is not even part of the seven nations. 
And finally, another Nekud is, Masha'amah, Moshe says, Heichaltzu me'itchem. Ha'yitzarich lo'ymar yeichaltzu. Deheichaltzu mashma kulchem. Pashtun Diktok, he says, When you say it sounds like everybody, all of you should mobilize to the war. But then he says, it's not all of you, it's only some of you. It was only 1,000. From every shevet. So it should have said, Yechaltzu me'itchem, not Yechaltzu. If you would say, Yechaltzu kulchem, you should all mobilize to war, then the word Yechaltzu is very gishmak. But after that you say, Yechaltzu me'itchem, so it should have said, in diktuk, in the Hebrew grammar, Yechaltzu me'itchem. But everybody didn't go to war, it was only a thousand. Sounds like that there's something that everybody had to be drafted here. Hechaltzu, even though practically only 12,000 people went. Right he says, you should bring a thousand from every single tribe. And he says, Elef Lamata should be Mikol Matas Yisrael, from all the tribes of the Jewish people, not to all the tribes. You're not bringing them to the tribes, you're bringing them from the tribes. In this chapter, he discussed the idea that Midian is a unique opposition to Shem Havaya. You have to understand why. And the questions in, in, in the Pasuk. So after all these questions, in chapter 1, the main question was, what's the connection to Moshe Rabbeinu? That he has to fight it. And his histalkos, his own passing, is dependent on this. Number 2, you see that Midian was a unique campaign. It wasn't to settle the land. It was a fight against Midian. And this wasn't just to protect the Jewish people. It's to protect the Rebbeinu Shalom Kavayachal. Something about Hashem is very vulnerable here. Why Dafke here? And then the Diyukim and the Psukim of Hechaltsu and Lechel Matas. Gimel. Amnam Klaulus saying, you the general perspective is, The word Midian, like in, in Lashon Kodesh, names are very important. The word Midian, what does the word Midian mean? It's the name of a country. But the word Midian means Madain Umeriva. Madain is strife, quarreling, fighting. Madain is when there is fights, strife. He brings in the footnotes from Zohar that Midian comes from the word Madain. Madain is, is quarreling, disputations, fighting, machloikasa. And he brings from the Ariza, Midian Bigdusho, Avo, Beklipa, Eva, Umeriva. It's hatred and fights. The fact that this is the name of Midian means that this is what Midian represents. Separation and division. Midian represents hatred, and what type of hatred? Baseless hatred, which he's going to explain what that means, and the separation of hearts from each other, when hearts become fragmented. And that's why Midian represents the antithesis of Kedusha, of the side of Kedusha, because Kedusha's holiness is represented by oneness, unity. If you ask, what's the key, what's the main difference between holiness, godliness, and that which is the other side, that which is antithetical to holiness. It's the other side. The answer is, the in Kedusha, there is always oneness, connectivity, 
attachment, connection. When you speak about Shem Avaya, Hashem Echod, Ushma Echod. It's that there's oneness. Yudke Vovke has four letters, Yud and He and Vov and He. But there's the Yichud, there's the oneness. Because whenever you're talking about Havaya Hashem, it's always going to result in Echad. So when you say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, it doesn't only mean there's one God and not a thousand gods. In other words, monotheism versus polytheism. That's, that's on one level, but on a deeper level, Hashem Echad means anything that's connected to Hashem is represented by the fact that it's Echad. It's a derivative of the consciousness of oneness. Hashem is manifested in a consciousness, in a reality where there's oneness. Oneness doesn't mean there's no different details. There's Yud and there's Hei and there's Vav and Hei. There's this Chachma and there's Midas. You have Moichin, you have Cognition, you have Awareness, you have Midas, you have Emotions, you have Feelings. But there's a Yichud, there's a oneness, there's a Hiskalal, there's an integration. Dagam Even though there's what's called ten spheres, ten characteristics of Hashem, that the Zoyer discusses, and in Kabbalah, and Chsidis, Bariches, and Sifri Machshava, that there's ten spheres. So that's not one, that's ten. There's Moichin, awareness, there's Midas, there's emotions. There's Keser, Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed, Gvura, Teferis, etc. That's all true. But nonetheless, there's complete unity and integration. There could be diversity. There could be different characteristics. But there's Achtos. And that's the idea. We say, Hashem Echad, Ushma Echad, that the name Yudke Vavke brings them all together. The source of klipa, klipa literally means a husk, a shell. Why is it called a husk? Because it covers over, it eclipses the divine flow, is the opposite. Dafke separation, dafke division, dafke fragmentation. He says that's the key difference. It's not a small difference that happens to be the result of Kedusha. He says, that's Ikeda Hefresh. In other words, how do, you def- how do you know you're touching something of elikus, of godliness? There's echa, there's oneness. It could be a lot of different things, but there's iskalalus, there's a klal, there's everything somehow is interconnected, integrated. What's the simen that it's divorced from a consciousness of Kedusha? Division, fragmentation. You have to amputate, you have to cut off. We can't, we can't work together. Esav says, I have everything. I'm sorry, Yaakov says, I have everything. Esav also says, I have whatever I need, I have a lot. But they use different words. Yaakov says, Yeshli Koil. And Esav says, Yeshli Rav. <laughs> So there's the old joke, Esav says, Yeshli Rav, Yechab Mein Rav. <laughs> you have your Rav, I have my Rav, don't worry. <laughs> Maybe it's not such a joke. But it's like, <laughs> now we see that's like the Pshat, right? Yechab Mein Rav. But what's the word? Yeshli Koil, the word Koil means everything. Yes, everything. Yeshli Koil comes to the word Klal. Koilil, Hiskalalus. You say Klal Yisrael, right? The Klal. In other words, everything is integrated. Whatever I have, it's koil, it's part of oneness. 
Esav says, I also have, I have everything. Yeshli Rav, I have tremendous, I don't need your gifts. Yihilach HaShalach, but the word is Rav. Rav comes from the word Ribui. It's abundant, but it's many. What does many mean? Everything is on its own. It's self-contained. You, what's, it's not, you don't feel the coil, the cloud, the achdos, that it's all part of one akuda. It's all ribui. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's fragmented. It's pirut. Ubi Yaakov. Hagam shoyu ayin nefesh. Chazal say in Medrash and Rashi brings it in Vayigash. Seventy souls came down to Mitzrayim. Ksiv nefesh loshin yachit. Pasuk says, kol ha nefesh. The soul that went down to Mitzrayim. It's not a soul, it's 70 souls. It's not one. But the vart is yeshli koil. So in the 70, you feel that it's one nefesh. It's one soul. V'hainu kanal, the besitzer de kedusha. Hagam sheyesh eses vidis gimel sichlum v'zayin midis. V'zayin misper ayin nefesh yotzi yadach yakov shein zayin midis kol echad kolom meyud ki yadua. Mekol mokem hemibchines yichud betanchlos kamashi yizboy. In kedusha, you can have 10 spheres. 10 spheres means 10 characteristics. Three that are connected to Seichel, Chachma, Bina, Das, and seven that are connected to Midas, Chesed, Gur, Tiferes, Netzachad, Yisrael, Malchus, and each one is different. And Taka, that's the reason that Yaakov has 70 people. The 70 people that come down to Mitzrayim, because what's 70? 70 is the seven Midas, and each Midas encompasses 10. So 10 times 7 is 70, because you have Chesed, but Chesed is not just one. There's Chachma of Chesed, there's Bina of Chesed, there's Das of Chesed, like we say in Sphere Simon, there's Chesed Shabbat Gvur Shabbat So each one of the seven middas fully, when it's fleshed out, it encompasses ten aspects: the Gvur of Chesed, the Ferris of Chesed, Netz of Chesed. So you have ten times seven is seventy. That's why there's seventy. So Lechayda, how can you say it's one? He says that's true, but there's a Yichud, there's a sense of Koyal Yeshli Koyal. Be'Esav Ayadak Shishin Nefashas, Uksiv Nefashas Lashin Rabim. Esav had six. And in Vayishlach it says Nefashas. Yaakov had 70 and it's one. And Esav has six <laughs> and it's souls. Because it's not how many. You can have 70, you can have 70,000. If you're touching Elikus, it's going to be Kerl. It's going to be this Achtos. And if you're not, it could be six people, yeah? You have six people, but you already have 900 opinions. It's not how many. You can have two people, but you know how to get into a fight. You don't need a thousand people to get into a fight. <laughs> you can have two people, yeah? You can ask a lot of couples. You don't need a thousand people to get into a fight. Sometimes it's better too. A thousand people, you get distracted, right? You make teams, color war. Two people. So he says, you have six people, Sachakel. But it was Nefoshes Lashur Nabim. Shubchinus Hapirud Vayishalkus. Vechenu Besharshin Bebchinus Svidus Detoyu. This begins in the Shaydash. It begins in the source. In what's called Svidus of Toyu. It says in Kabbalah, that before Hashem created this world, He created a different world. Spiritually, it's called Olam the world of chaos. What made it the world of chaos? You had also a whole structure. But the spheres, the Midas, didn't get along with each other. It was Anafim Mispardin. Anafim Mispardin means you have branches, but instead of all tracing themselves back to one tree, each branch becomes its own melech. It becomes self-contained. So ultimately, they collided into each other. It's like cars on a highway. They start colliding into each other, and they destroy each other. That was called Olam Atoyu. And that world broke. On that, Hashem built Olam Atikun. Olam Atikun is a world of correction, of healing. What's the difference? Hamid is the toyu lo'hoyu yechoyu lo'hoyu 
in Midas of Torah, they couldn't, they couldn't contain Lisbol. You know what Lisbol means? Like in Hebrew, you say Savlanut, patience. But here it means, not just they didn't have patience for each other, they couldn't tolerate Leiden. I can't deal with you. They couldn't be civil each other. The Chesed couldn't tolerate Gvura. Love couldn't tolerate strength, and strength couldn't tolerate love. The end of Vayishlach, he says, these are the kings of Edom who lived before the Jewish kings, and each one, Vayimlach Vayamas, Vayimlach Vayamas, Vayimlach Vayamas, Kiyodua Shazel Inyan Shvidis HaKelem. So in Kabbalah, Vayamas means that the Kalim broke. The vessels, each sphere is, has a light and has a vessel. The energy is the message, and the vessel, the container, is the structure. And the structure is broke, the Kalim broke. Why did the Kalim break? Because they were, so to speak, colliding with each other and undermining each other, so they destroyed each other, so there was a Shvirus HaKalim. And this is the source, spiritually, why in Klippa you have separation. It comes from Toyum. Midian represents this Nekuda, strife, quarreling. It's the manifestation of the Shvira, of the breakage of the world of Toyu with the Midas essentially could not be integrated. That's why Midian is not one of the seven nations. Earlier he said, Midian is not even one of the seven nations. Why is Midian Nikmas Hashem? He says, Hagufa. The seven nations each represent one midah. Knani chesed. Chiti gvura. You have Knani chiti. Emoiri teferes. Prizi chivi yivusi gergashi. He goes through. Kmechakosot besefer kaihelis Yaakov. It's one of the famous Kabbalah sefer. V'chol echod uklipe pratis. Memide pratis de toyo. Menagedes lemide pratis de gedusha. Each one has its own unique flavor and it opposes that particular midah in holiness. You have chesed of klippa and you have gvura of klippa, etc. Omnam klippas midyan enam midah pratis. Midyan doesn't represent a particular one, one midah. Kiyim klolus inyan atayu shawinyan apirud. The word midyan means strife. It represents the idea of strife itself. Not a particular message, a type of chesed, a type of gvura, a type of teferis. It doesn't have a personality. Its personality is fighting. Its personality is strife. This defined all of Toyo, the Chesed of Toyo, the Gvud of Toyo. It's not Negea which mid. The idea of Toyo was we are separate branches. And that's why it broke. The reason why it became seven middas that are destructive is because the separation. Really, Toyu is godliness. How did Klippa happen from Toyu? Because it broke, because the Shvira. Because the Shvira, therefore it became Zion middas. What made the Shvira? That they couldn't, be, that they couldn't connect. So the lack of connection is the source of all the seven middas. What this, what this means is that you have Lamashal, we learned this once in Amayim and Teirah Take the word Baruch, right? Bez Reish Vav Chaf. You remember the Marshal we learned? Bez Reish Vav Chaf. It makes blessed, right? What happens if you break up the word? Do you remember? 
Beis Reish Vav Chaf. The Beis, you don't see it as part of Baruch anymore. It's really part of Baruch. You know, you have flying letters. So you have the Beis, the Reish Suddenly the Beis has its own identity. It's not part of Baruch anymore. When you see it as part of a letter, then the Beis is not a Beis. The Beis is part of Baruch, and the Reish is part of Baruch, and the Vav is part of Vav, the Chaf is part of Chaf. What does that mean in a person's life? There's a person in a state of unity, of oneness, and then all the different energies and forces are part of one cohesive picture, even though this is a base, this is a this is a vav. What happened in Tayu? In Tayu was the Shvira. So you have all the letters, but the letters are really divine. But their identity now becomes a new identity. And that's why it becomes a Midara, becomes a broken Midah, because it doesn't see itself as part of the whole anymore. So the source of it is the period of separation. That's what turns it into Midas of Klip and Midas Rise, even though it's really divine energy. That was the, that's the difference of Tayyip. That's the idea of Midian, the way it's manifest down here. It's not one of the seven nations, because it's not one Midah. It's not like this is distorted love, or this is distorted strength, discipline, or this is distorted compassion, or this is distorted victory, or this is distorted submission, gratitude, or this is distorted intimacy, or this is distorted leadership. I just went through all the seven, I hope you realized. That's K'nani Chiti Amayri. Midyan actually, you're dealing with the core. The core is, the core of Tayu, what's the core of Tayu? There was no Achdus, there was Pirut. And Bemele, it broke, the Kalim broke. Once the Kalim broke, they lost their identity. Now each Midah becomes a whole Parsha in itself, and it's looking for, it's looking for its identity because it doesn't feel like it's part of a Likus. Esav comes from Tayu. Esav is Tayu, and Yaakov is Tikkun. We learned many times and from Torah Er. Well, Atanya, Parsha is Vayishlach, told us. In a way, in a way, as we're going to see, Esav had something higher than Yaakov, right? Tayu is much more intense. <laughs> of course, everything, everybody is brothers. That's the point. <laughs> it all started from Adam. It's not random. It's part of the plan. Obviously, it's not random. Okay, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get into that. I just want to finish with this. We'll continue Be'ezer Hashem tomorrow morning, 7.45. This is just the beginning. He's just developing the Nakuda. It's, it's all going to be explained. But just to, uh, to bring out what, what we just learned here, what the Rebbe Rashab just explained, to bring it out in a person's life, because it's, it's all a reflection of a person's inner life. Why is it that the Nakuda of Gdusha is Achtos and the Nakuda of Klip is, is not Achtos, is Pirut? Why is it? It's not Stama's statement. It's because that is what makes it klipa. The truth is that everything is part of oneness. Ein oid What does ein oid mean? Everything and everybody is part of oneness. That's the truth. Hashem is ein soif. Yeah. In Tanya, Pedek the Balatanya says that I heard from the Magid. He says, a quote, Shamati mimoyri, I heard from my teacher. He says, Loshan, I heard from the Zitcha Magid that... Uh, <coughs> Just the Lushan over there is Ain Saifu Echad Ha Emes Shahula Vadaihu Vain Zulas Ivazui Madregas Achakhmavakhuli. Ain Saif is the one truth that Hula Vadaihu Vain Zulasa. 
the nekuda of elikus, when you when you touch elikus in something, what are you touching? When you touch the DNA of elikus, what are you touching? You're touching the nekuda that encompasses all of reality, all of reality. In a person also, when you touch the divine in you, there's no part that's excluded. Everything is part of it. Darizal says, before davening, you should accept on yourself the mitzvah of Avis Yisrael. So we once learned a Maimah, you remember Darius says, why? So he says, because what's davening? Tefillah is b'makam karbonus tiknum. Tefillah is like a carbon. What was the first halacha by a carbon? You can't bring a balmum. You can't take a carbon and cut off its arm and bring it as a carbon. You have to bring the whole... Uh... So when I'm going up to Hashem and I tell Hashem, this guy I hate. <laughs> you just became a balmum. You just cut off, you cut off your hand, you cut off your leg, you cut off your, cut out your stomach, cut out your heart. He says the davening is a psnishka davena. So the nekudah of Kedusha is, whenever you're talking about the divine, you're talking about something that is all, it's koil, it's yeshli koil. It's his skalalus, it's always integration. What's the definition of klipper? It's not stam klipper doesn't have achdos. That's the definition. What's Pshad? It doesn't have achdos. The definition of klippa is it doesn't recognize that it's part of oneness. <laughs> so it creates a substitute reality. What's a substitute reality? It creates a substitute ego. They say ego is easing God out. Ego. <laughs> What's the definition of ego? Ego is when I don't recognize my oneness with the source, but I want to live. So what's my identity? So klippa creates a self-contained identity which is isolated. So by definition, Klippa is lonely because it's isolated, because it's detached. It's broken. And that's what Klippa means. Klippa means there's a cover-up. It's a cover-up. And he says here, all Midas Reyes come from that. All Midas Reyes come from isolation. They come from detachment. The key of Elikus is always attachment, connection. Levadoi, right? Connection. Once there's isolation, so now if there's isolation, who am I? I need to create some identity. The identity will always become a coping mechanism. And that coping mechanism will result in something that's usually destructive. Because I'm not in touch with my true innate oneness. So he says, the whole problem in Tayu, the reason that seven midas happen, it's all because at the core, there's isolation. And when there's isolation, I need a substitute. I become, my, the same force is now channeled into a coping mechanism to cope with my loneliness, to protect that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Isolation means pirud. Yeah. Now the next sif he's going to go much deeper into this, what this means. And he's going to show what real hatred, where real hatred comes from. Huh? Be'etzam, yeah. You say, that, that's the definition. In Nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul, right? The Mishnah says in Brachas, V'haftas Hashem alekecha b'chalavavcha, b'shnei yitzarecha. You should love Hashem even with Yitzhahara. Because it's all part of oneness. However, in the process of reality, it can be perceived as not part of one. And that's what we have to work with. That's why we work with it. We learned in many my modern, the Avoidah with the Nefesh Bahamas. What's the Avoidah with the Nefesh Bahamas? To be able to bring it 
to a place of achtos. Now, I, I can't just snap my fingers like this, right? It's a voida. There's a skafia, there's a sapcha, there's different stages. But the nekudah is that everything is part of oneness. Okay, Bezir Hashem will continue tomorrow, 7.45, have a beautiful day. If you're, if you're taking your copy, please bring it back. If not, you could leave it here, we'll put it away. Welcome back, everybody, and I guess I should welcome myself back too, huh? Welcome back. That's for Oh, so, yeah. It's printed by itself, and it's in a safer. Beautiful, Yeshikoyach. The word hecholzo means mobilize. Mobilizidin. You know what that means? Those mobilizidin. No, uh, when you. Chalutzim, uh, like chalutzim. Uh, it's like when you draft from yourselves people to go to war. Like a draft, a draft for the war. Pioneering, mobilizing. Uh, People who are preparing to go do something um, risky and revolutionary. Chalutzim Tavru. In Parshish Matas, you have the word Chalutzim many times. The Bnei God, Bnei Reuven. At Chalutzim Tavru, they have to be the pioneers to go in front of everybody else. Your is the Indian. I don't understand why that's convenient. Okay, we'll get to that. Huh? Here he's just discussing the name. Zimri represent Zimri was was drawn to this sexual addiction. Sexual addiction is the search for fake unity. That's what it is. You understand? Sexual addiction, SA. It's the it's the search for fake unity. Huh? What? V'chuli v'chuli. It's very powerful. So you could just say evil, evil, not evil. It's a search for unity. It's a search for oneness. Every addict, what he's addicted to is a search for oneness. But it's not going to satisfy him. Why? Because he's really looking for Hashem. He's looking for achtos. And he's not going to find their achtos. He's going to find more isolation. So tomorrow I need to do it more. Next week I need more. I need more. I need more. And I'm not going to get rid of that because I'm a spiritual soul. I need it. The question is, will I find it in the... Huh? The question is, will I find it in the Emes? Will I find it in, in, in God? In, in my God, in other words, in a real, real Hiskalalus? Or I'm always going to go searching for another distraction which will compensate me for a few hours. Yeah. That soul is part of the Achtos. And even the addiction is part of the Achtos. But the outlet... Becomes, uh, huh? How's that connected? What? How's this uh, sexual addiction? We're talking about hatred instead of skin. We'll see, we'll see. He's going to explain. Sexual addiction is the biggest. They take. We connect major. The biggest unity. For how you labaser echad is intimacy. It's hard because it's a very powerful force. Intimacy is the most powerful force. Why is it the most powerful force? Because it's achtos. Everything that's powerful, it's because it has real depth. Intimacy is achtos. It's taking two people and making them one. And creating a new soul through achtos. That's divinity, that's godliness. 
That's the that's where other men chava become betzalem alakim. So when that's distorted, it's yoinik. It's nursing from a very very deep holy force, which is the power of achdos. But it's it's it. But I'm doing it in a broken way because I'm broken. So you have to respect the urge, but, it's it's but understand where it's coming from. Yeah, it's about self-indulgence and it's it's coming from the fact that I don't have real attachment. So I have to create pseudo-attachments. All, se- all sexual addiction is pseudo-attachments. Pornography, all that, what is it? It's, it's I'm looking for attachment, but I don't want to pay the price for attachment. You understand? A real relationship, you have to pay the price. It's called bittel. <laughs> I want attachment without bittel. I'm a chaya. <laughs> I don't have to deal. I deal with a computer. What do I have to do with a person? You deal with a computer. It's always better. People, huh? Yeah, it's not his fault. He doesn't even know better. Relate, without responsibility and without working on myself, without transcend, without working through my traumas. I personally don't have a Twitter account, but my stuff I'll put on Twitter by somebody, so I don't know. <laughs> All Avedis, yeah. All, all Klippa, that's what he says. The Shadish of all Midas Rayas is the Pirud of Toyo. That's Midian. It's not one of the seven. But it's the Klal. It's the Nekuda that created the Shvira. What made Toyo, what makes a Mid Ra not Toyv? That it's broken. The word Ra, people think the word Ra doesn't mean evil. That's, that's how it's translated. The word Ra means broken. In Babakama, Kaisel, Ra'uah. What's Kaisel Ra'uah? A weak wall. It's a broken wall. It's about to fall. It's flimsy. Kaisel Ra'uah, right? In, in, in Kohelis you have it also. Hakoil Hevel Uru'us Ru'ach. The word Ra means broken. So that's what he says. Because there was a Shvir in Tayhu. So the Midas, instead of being one, became broken. And that's what a Midir Ra is. A Midir Ra is, it's a broken Midir. That's what it is. Chesed, Gvuri, Teferis. It's all broken. What it was that it's broken? It's like a yachatz. <laughs> You're not part of whole anymore. So my love is broken. My 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 discipline is broken. My vic, my ambitions are broken. That's how mid- say bad midis. Really bad midis means broken midis. That that's the, that's the vart here. Very 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 deep vart. What makes the midir ra not, not evil? It's broken. It starts with pirud. There was a shvira, and that mele becomes a midir ra. And why was there a shvira? Because there was no achdos. Uh, huh? Same midah. But in one it's yeshli koil, and one it's yeshli rav. In midas toivus he's looking for koil. And in midas rois he's looking for rav. You understand? More isolation, more isolation. Toyu is a lakus, but there was a shviri in toyu. And the shviri made klippa. In Kabbalah it says that the shviri of Eilam is what created klippa. He's saying they made by us. It's never, it's never broken. Over here, by Midian, it's always it's ever broken. Well, there's the Midian inside of me. <laughs> Which is never here we're talking about the inner Midian, not just the outer Midian. Be'etzem, <laughs> but uh, we're talking about the Hisgalos. Ayeyna chenami. Roadway that you need to pass. Ayeyna chenami. But our work is in the world of perception. Not mishmash, no. It's that the Midas, the Midas, it says, they could not coexist. So they collided with each other. Like they, 
they, they butted heads against each other, and the kalim cracked. It's almost, almost like a, it's not physical, but it's like a physical imagery. The kalim literally broke. They were, they were shattered. In Olam and And the debris, the fragments of those kalim, that's what creates the world of Klippa. And Midian, you say. The Sefer HaChinuch in the Hagdama says that there's six mitzvahs that are always. And one of them is the awareness of Achdus Hashem. Yichud Hashem, yeah. Emuna and Yichud. And Ava and Yira. Sheish Ari Miklot. Sheish Ari Miklot. Svashtanen? Who's Midian in modern history? Oh. We'll see tomorrow. It's going to be very intense here. He's going to get very deep what Midian is in people's lives. <laughs> this class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.